the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Official media partner, the Italian Wine Podcast, is delighted to present a series of interviews and highlights from the 2023 Wine to Wine Business Forum, featuring Italian wine producers and bringing together some of the most influential voices in the sector to discuss the hottest topics facing the industry today. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. or visit theitalianwinepodcast.com for more information. Ciao tutti. Hello, everyone. We're ready to start the session. And thank you so much for joining this Central Asian uh, Explore New Territories. I imagine that uh, you must be really, really interested if you've chosen this topic instead of the how artificial intelligence work with the wine. <laughs> That's the one that I would go to <laughs> if I wasn't a speaker. So thank you. Thank you very much again. I want to ask you how many of you actually know where Kazakhstan is. Could you raise the hand? Okay. <laughs> And Azerbaijan? Okay. Mongolia? Okay. Okay. Mongolia is the most known. <laughs> Please note that. Okay. Um, let me introduce Artyom Lebedev. He's the speaker uh, today. He's only 33 years old and uh, he's been uh, into wine industry for 10 years, which means he started quite early, just right after he was uh, legal uh, to drink, I guess. So he just right away decided to make it his profession. <laughs> Way earlier. Yeah, just right away. Tom is a certified sommelier and wine teacher and wine communicator. He's IC certified and a specialist in deep set. And he's also an Italian wine ambassador. And he worked as a judge at international wine sommelier competitions such as Mundus Divini, Five Star Wines Without Walls, Best Sommelier of Asia and Oceania. He is also a co-owner of the first Kazakhstan sommelier school in wine. And he was the first president of the Kazakhstan Sommelier Association. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Uh to everybody to investing your time in this session. For me, it's a great pleasure, especially due to the reason that last time it was uh, like uh, one third of this uh, amount of people. Last time I spoke only about Kazakhstan, but now Central Asia is growing. So this session is about not only Kazakhstan, but about the whole Central Asia, about the heart of the great state. And I don't want to waste your time. I want to give you some interesting information because uh, I believe that this region is uh, one of the future regions. It's not America, it's not US, of course, it's not China, but in terms of future, it definitely could be interesting. So I'm originally from Russia, but I switched to Kazakhstan, to Central Asia in 2016. So I spent more than seven years in Central Asia and I know about it, so we'll explain a bit to you. Uh, first of all, uh, take a look in this map. I believe that uh, everybody know about it. It's a very famous map of uh, wine folly. And uh, you know where the uh, viticulture and wine production starts. We mainly know about the road from Caucasus to the west, to Europe. But nobody explore the way to the east, 
And uh, it was very, very uh, important for all the territories in the East, also in China, viticulture, winemaking, but nobody knows about it now. What, what do you think? Why? Why nobody speak about it now, about Eastern direction due to the religion? Because a lot of people are Muslims there and uh, like half of the population and they are not drinking alcohol. So we have a prohibition of advertisement in many countries, but uh, there are people who drink, there are people who enjoy wine. So there are uh, a lot uh, about to speak. So we, when we speak about Central Asia, we speak about a historical territory uh, which centered in Kazakhstan. And this territory is, uh, from the historic point of view, the, the, cross, the crossroads uh, between West and the East, between North and the South. And uh, this was the place of trade. This was a place uh, of the Silk uh, Way. Uh, the problem is um, in these territories, it's a lot of places, they are not suitable for any growing, not only grape growing, but any growing. So the only point for people to survive was to trade. And we know how to trade and we know how to sell uh, good wines and also very expensive wines. Uh, people normally don't know about it. So uh, when I think about uh, Great Steppe, I speak about the territory from Austria till Pacific Ocean. Who know uh, uh, Appalachians, wine regions of Austria? So Leiterberg, uh, the Lake Neusiedl, the Wine Academy Österreich. So this is the western edge, the western point of Great Steppe. If we see geological formation and historical point of view, an eastern part of Great Steppe is uh, more or less the shore of the Pacific Ocean. So this is a huge territory. Of course, we don't speak about Austria now, and we don't speak about China today, but we speak uh, more or less about everything between Austria and uh, China. So there are a lot of countries. We can speak about UNESCO, meaning of Central Asia. Uh, it's the territory from Turkey to Mongolia. Uh, so a lot of countries. Yeah, you can see like Afghanistan, Iran, which are completely not drinking, maybe smoking something, but not drinking. There are other type of sommeliers there. Yeah, but uh, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Mongolia, Azerbaijan, uh, Georgia don't want to, to, to take part in Central Asia. They, they want to be Caucasus. But anyway, a lot of countries are very interesting to develop. Of course, everybody knows about Bitcoin. And of course, uh, a lot of people know the story about Bitcoin uh, for like that somebody buys a few bitcoins and then change it to the pizza and now it worth like uh, the few the few houses in the central of London and uh, I believe that Central Asia is more or less the same so nothing uh, nobody speak about it the consumption is very low the population is not very big but uh, uh, to invest today it's very easy to start working to find the partners and uh, when I switched from Russia to Central Asia my idea was to develop to start something and to grow it and it was very easy no competition. So any winery which enter, any Italian winery which entered Kazakhstan wine market 10 years ago was successful because no competition. Now we have some competition, but we also open the neighboring countries like Azerbaijan, like Uzbekistan, like Mongolia. So today I will speak few words about every country and you can see the situation. Here you go. At least you know where the countries are <laughs> for those who are who yeah. is not, who yeah, is yeah. not sure. Yeah, yeah. To be in the sommelier, I strongly believe that you can only work with some place if you know the place. 
even if you can't visit it personally, you need to study the map. You need to understand the uh, altitude, the uh, latitude, everything, the, the terroir, the culture. So the profile of Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan, like uh, Italians uh, say, uh, name it. So uh, consumption now, media consumption, average consumption is uh, more or less three liters per capita. It's very small. Uh, but seven years ago, when I came to Kazakhstan, it was 1.5. So we double it. In, in seven years. I, I believe that it's a very good uh, work uh, when we speak about half Muslim country. And if we speak about the big cities, Almaty, Astana, maybe some more, the consumption is more or less like uh, six, seven, maybe even eight liters per capita, which is uh, more or less uh, close to Russia before the war, before the, um, the bad thing started. Also, it's not good to say it, but uh, our wine economy, our wine trade, trade now um, growing also due to the Russian people who relocate, uh, those who are not supporting the war, they relocate, they relocate with money and they start spending money in Kazakhstan. So now you can think about Kazakhstan like about good Russians, uh, like proper Russians. I'm uh, like happy to think about that. Also the same uh, idea with Azerbaijan, with Uzbekistan, with Mongolia, everywhere around. So when we speak about import in Kazakhstan, the, the first is uh, Georgia and Italy, more or less on the same level. But Georgian wines, they take the lowest price point and Italian wine goes uh, higher. And if we go to the supermarket in uh, Kazakhstan, in Almaty, in, in the cultural capital, you can find Italian wine starting from 80 euro to crazy, to 1,000 euro per bottle. Uh, of course, uh, the most of consumption is uh, 5 euro, 6 euro, 7 euro, 8 euro, but we have a lot of people who make money on uh, uh, on cryptovalutes, on Bitcoin, also in oil industry, uh, and uh, they can spend uh, as much money as they want. So if we speak about other countries, it's of course France, but mainly due to Bordeaux and Burgundy. So we have a lot of people whose palate is developed to drink good wine. But if we speak about these Italian wines, which is the most dominated the market, we speak about very simple, understandable uh, style. Not simple, but mainly understandable style, like juicy, fresh, primitivos, Prosecco, Valpolicella Ripasso is very successful, uh, Etna is very successful, uh, Barbera is very good working. So this kind of style work very well. Uh, it's strange, but we don't have a culture of Lambrusca now. It was uh, in the past. Now, we, like, we, we, like we skip it. I don't know why. I'm very big fan of Lamb about good Lambrusca, and I try to develop it, but uh, it's, it's kind of difficult. And uh, for me, it's uh, strange, but um, in this price range, from 5 till 20 years, we don't have any uh, like real customers for uh, classical regions of Italy, like Chianti Classico, like the wines from um, Campania, the wines from, um, I don't know, Marche. And I believe that this is the point when, um, where the competition is lower and when, where we can grow. I believe because I'm the very big fan of classic Italian varieties and uh, historical styles. So the trends are that uh, the people from Kazakhstan, they travel a lot. Uh, they have very, very, I don't know why, but they have very strong connection with Canada 
with the US and uh, with USA uh, and with Germany. So a lot of people go to study abroad to these countries and then they come back with understanding of wine culture and they drink and they become more and more, uh, not old, but uh, ready to drink good wines. My customers, when I just arrived to Kazakhstan, they were, they were around 40, 50, 60 years old. Now the situation is different. I have now some customers who is uh, younger than me, who, who make money and who drink very good wines and they understand the wine. So I'm very happy about that. And if uh, seven years ago we mainly speak about uh, semi-sweet wines, now we speak more about dry wines in big cities. So now we are in a good situation in Kazakhstan. I believe that Kazakhstan become the central the heart of Central Asia, because if we go back to the previous uh, map, you can see, do you know where, where is Almaty? Where is the cultural capital? So you can separate Kazakhstan for third, third and third. Take eastern third, like uh, north of Kyrgyzstan, in the middle of Kyrgyzstan, more or less, you will have Almaty. So it's 800 meters above sea level. It's uh, the beginning of uh, Tenshan Mountains. And uh, this is the cultural capital, like the most beautiful green city. We also have there some viticulture. Uh, I work in Almaty. I develop wine culture here. And uh, I believe that Almaty become, you know, like the um, uh, point of meeting point, melting pot. Because uh, if somebody wants to study wine, uh, they before they went to Moscow. Now it's uh, not a very good idea. So now they are trying to go to Europe or to Hong Kong or to Almaty. So for those who have not enough money to spend abroad in Europe, they go to study in Almaty. They see the trends in Almaty. And I really believe that Almaty become a trendsetter for Central Asia. We also, as a, pres as a former president of Kazakhstan Sommelier Association, I uh, did organized... Uh, similar competitions and all the importers from all Central Asia, they come to drink wine, to network, to speak and uh, etc. So this is the idea of uh, Kazakhstan. Also, uh, some photos. The terroir, 800 meters. So I just uh, visited the Malbec with a uh, session with Katena Zapata. So I strongly believe that Malbec will uh, work very well in this terroir, but uh, our winemakers, they don't. It looks we, we, like Argentina. A lot yeah, it's Asia. Mendoza. It's kind of Mendoza. It's Kazakh Mendoza. A bit more even rose, though. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Argentina. Not. <laughs> so what I would like to show you in, uh, about Kazakhstan. This is a kind of uh, uh, festival which name is Toy. It's celebration of something. It could be birthday or... Uh, uh, or, or any other uh, festival, uh, any other uh, happy moment. And uh, if we uh, take a look on the left picture, the left picture is how normal people celebrate it. Very simple with delicious food, uh, Asian style. If we take a look on the right uh, picture, it's uh, how it goes when uh, the people with uh, oil or uh, with money celebrate. It's rixes, it's uh, conspicuous uh, consumption, conspicuous. So when you want to show off, yeah, show off. So pe people like really want to, to show everybody that they have money. So for the wedding party, you can uh, invite like up to thousand people and there will be those who don't know. And Are they showing up in labels, in wine labels yes, also? Yes, definitely, definitely. So it's, which, uh, which labels would go? Champagne? Um, uh, no, 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 no. We, we speak about Italy. Kazakhstan is not the market for champagne, unfortunately. Uh, so Kazakhstan is market for Super Tuscany. It will be Tignanella or Gorgonzola. 
what Altazzo probably on, on Masetto. Masetto, not not for 1,000 people. Okay. Tignanello could be for 1,000 people. Yeah. So it's crazy. Then they're not rich enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're rich, but they don't want to spend uh, for, for those people who who they even don't know. Yeah. So interesting. both of these pictures, they are kind of, you know, strange because it's uh, two sides of the medal and uh, both of them are very radical. But we also... But I'm sorry, Arton, what, what people on the left for to drink? Uh, vodka, mainly. If they drink wine, it will be cheap, semi-sweet Georgian wine. And I think this is not the um, a point where you, like like winemakers, uh, I don't think that you need to focus on these people now because it's a bad thing, but they normally don't have enough money to drink wine. They can drink by themselves, but for the big parties, they will not uh, order uh, the wines. Or it will be Georgian semi-sweet, Kinsmarauli or, or some, some like that. Maybe you could with some the very mass semi-dry wines, but uh, the, the quantities of order to Kazakhstan should be like uh, the, the cars, not the pellets. It should be the, the big trucks. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise, it will not be enough. So we need uh, quantities, a, a big quantities for that. Could you tell me also, uh, could you tell us uh, how the price changes like export price, how it changes when wine is entering Kazakhstan. So is it doubles, triples? Uh, excel- What's the economy? Exceller from here, normally for 10 euro, it will be tripled. It will be tripled. 300, tripled, 300%. If we speak about more expensive wine, it will be cheaper. The more or less situation, some of you work uh, or work now or work before with Russia. So the paperwork is the same, absolutely the same, because it's a union, the trade union. The costs almost the same, but Kazakhstan in a little bit in more difficult situation because it's more far away than Moscow or St. Petersburg. So it will be a little bit more expensive, but we can uh, do a bigger margin because uh, people are uh, not so rich in Ru- like in Russia. So we earn less money but uh, the wine price is cheaper than in Russia. So the price in Almaty is like in Yekaterinburg, more or less, in terms of wine, in te- like in central Russia. Artom, another question regarding Kazakhstan market. Uh, what is the system entering? Is there any monopoly or any restriction, like in Northern Europe, for example? No, it's very simple. Like, like uh, no, no monopoly. You just need to enter. Like in Russia, you need to go through customs. You need to, to put the axis the, the same. And then you, you just need to sell the wine. It's, uh, it's exactly like in Russia 10 years ago. So we don't have the system to, to check all the bottles. Mm-hmm. So the problem is that we still have uh, some fake bottles because uh, the checking system of, of the wines is, is not uh, good developed. But uh, we, are, we are working on it, on it and I think in a few years it, it, will, it will come. So you, you have uh, two, three more years to, to enter the market now without problems. How many importers are in Kazakhstan? This is interesting point because we have a very, very little amount. We have in Almaty about 15. In Astana we have about uh, seven to eight in the western part of the country, which is closer to Europe. This is the hub for, uh, for, uh, for, for a lot of companies. So there are maybe six or seven and maybe in some northern cities also a few. So let's, I would like to say that it's like less than 50 or maybe even about 40. Are all of them working country, uh, the whole country? No, 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 definitely not. They're not covering the whole market? No. Uh, There are only... four companies which cover the whole country. And uh, they are not good 
in covering the whole country. So nobody, no, there are no, still no big importer who is uh, covering all the cities because it's uh, impossible because Kazakhstan is huge. So from the west to east, it's like the territory, like I don't know, maybe from Lisbon to Vienna or, or even, even more, more or less. It's, it's huge. So this is the situation. Who, who they are, who, who are the people? Actually, how many, how many of them? Because yeah, yeah, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned there the population, the, the drinking population is not big, but it's approximately. A good, it's a good question. 20 million population, half of them more or less are Muslim. So we speak about 10 million and let's uh, cut 30% of youngsters and uh, those who don't drink at all. So I think we have uh, 7 million people drinking wine and it's uh, more or less, I think, like Moscow. The whole Kazakhstan is like Moscow. And they say their preferences, the question was about the preferences, what they... Ah, what they drink. Um, more or less, uh, I, I already uh, answered that question. They drink Italian wine. They drink, uh, in, in the low price point, they drink Georgian wine. Higher price point, they drink Italian wine. Premium price point, they drink Bordeaux, Super Tuscany, California. And uh, very small amount of Burgundy drinkers, but we have everything. So we have all the top producers on the market. Even if it's not uh, the direct sales, we have it on the black market. We have it uh, re. Uh, resailed by somebody so we have everything. I, I used to work with the president of Kazakhstan and uh, always there was the Petrus, always there was the Romanekanti it was serious stuff, serious parties okay. Coming back to America when Italy International Academy the ultimate Italian wine qualification will be held in New York City from 4 to 6 March 2024 Have you got what it takes to become the next Italian wine ambassador? Find out at vinitaly.com you. Uh, one more question. How much have... taxes impact yeah. on the final price for uh, Italian wine? Not too much. It's uh, it's not a problem. I would like to say that it's not a problem at all. So, the, unfortunately, the worst price point for us is uh, 15 till 25 euro acceler, uh, because in this price point there are lowest um, uh, accessible population. So a lot of people want to drink cheap wine. A lot of people good amount of people want to drink expensive wine. So I would like to say that the normal Barolo, not premium normal Barolo, is very difficult to sell. Premium Barolo is very easy to sell and uh, Barbera is very easy to sell. But this, the middle is difficult and this is affected strongly. Is it due to the taste or certain image of the wine? Uh, oh. Like the the salaries of this of the people, uh, the taste of the wine, everything. Like this is really difficult. So if you're working in this price point, you need to think about Central Asia, like the cheapest wine which you have and the most expensive wine which you have. Both of them will be successful. The the middle will be difficult. Thank you. Uh, let's move on. Uh, so we have wine festivals. We have young people who who understand wine culture now. So it's beautiful. It's the uh, harvest festival in our local producer. So it's very nice. And we have this kind of very fine dine places. So this is Kazakh Aul. Aul, it's a historical place where people live in, in Asia. So Kazakh Aul, it's... Uh, so the, People sit on the floor. Yeah, you can in sit in the fine on, dining. You can sit uh, in the on the floor, but you will have like salto glasses, or it will be spiglau, like at least uh, definition level, uh, or it will be riedel. So very good glasses, good sommelier, good wine list, traditional food, and we have a lot of these places. So sometimes are there plates? 
Yes, yes, yes. Okay. No finger food, no finger food <laughs> in other places. No banana leaves. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, now we will go a little bit quicker because other countries, they are satellites in terms of wine culture. One of the first is, uh, is Uzbekistan because of the population. It's 35 million officially, but normally people would like to say that it's 50 million uh, unofficially. The consumption is very low, 0.5, mainly due to the reason that they still drink vodka. They also shifting. We feel it because my friends, uh, importers, all of them start going more and more often to Uzbekistan because the government of Uzbekistan they, uh, 10 years ago they make a program to support local producers. It does not work because local producers want to produce bad wine. So it does not work and now they try to uh, milder the, the, the restrictions for import and now import wines start to developing. But for Italians now, imported information, today, France winning. Because all the French producers are already there. Bordeaux, Burgundy, Languedoc, Champagne, everything there. In terms of it, Italy, Italy is, uh, I would like to say, maybe even not the second, because second is also Georgia. So Italy can go to Uzbekistan. Uh, you know the main dish in Uzbekistan? It's uh, plov. Oh. And plov is decomposed version of uh, risotto. <laughs> Maybe not decomposed, but um, uh, rice-based. Yeah, rice-based uh, dish. A lot of a lot of fat. Yeah, and uh, this like Chianti Classica, Valpolicella, everything pairs greatly with plov, and uh, it's uh, it's very cheap. But uh, also, it, it's uh, they they don't have a lot of money, but they are also people who who have money to to drink. They also have conspicuous consumption, and they have uh, historical, you know. No consumption habits because uh, Alexander Makedonsky was there uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of years ago. But uh, he was um, standing with his troops in uh, in the main river of Uzbekistan, and they start growing wines. So uh, they have a vine culture. This is this is just a beautiful picture about architecture. Now there are a lot of tourists, and I have my customers who originally from Russia, who now live in Kazakhstan, and who go to Uzbekistan every weekend because it's beautiful every weekend, and they always take some wines with them because in Uzbekistan there are no wines and they t also take the glasses and they drink wine in these beautiful places and they send the photos to me so it's amazing. Yeah, if we speak about Uzbekistan also important thing is uh, zero alcohol or low alcohol because uh, Muslims uh, are dominating in, in this uh, population so uh, a lot of them want to drink wine but uh, they can't so they, they can do it at home but at the restaurants they need something which will substitute uh, alcohol so maybe some of you uh, are producing zero alcohol wine so if you if you need to make more money this is the point in Uzbekistan is it like zero percentage or there could be like a minimum alcohol level I mean is it a market for beer maybe for cider it's no it's only no. vodka market and it they drink a lot of vodka uh, but you, the population the, the people who drink vodka they become older and older and I'm not joking we speak about people who now like 80 years years old and the younger people they don't want to drink vodka their parents they drink vodka and have bad uh, you know bad image due to it so the young generation want to drink cocktails and 
want to drink not beer, cocktails and wine. And there are opening some places, but uh, Uzbekistan is more more monopoly. So you need to open some wine places. You can't sell the wine in a normal supermarket. You need to open wine place. But now a lot of people investing to open these wine places because five years ago there was only two or three wine places in the in Tashkent, the main city. And Tashkent so is, is that, five is million. That, is that the wine capital of uh, Uzbekistan? Yes, that, de- definitely. That would be the city to approach, definitely, right? Definitely. Okay. On this map. So Tashkent. 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 Uzbekistan, Tashkent is in between uh, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, more or less. It's not exactly so, but in this small valley, it's Fergana Valley and this is also the main viticulture point of uh, of the country. Uh, also the touristic point of the country, so it's beautiful. Azerbaijan, I like it very much and it's it has huge potential which nobody can see. Uh, we need to bear in mind speaking about Azerbaijan that they have crazy amount of oil. Absolutely crazy. When I first time visited Baku, the capital, I saw 15 minutes from the center of the city, I saw the oil going out from the earth and nobody cares and it's just black lake in the country in the city it was amazing so they have per capita oil they have a lot of oil and uh, they had very good uh, times like five years ago now it's not so good but they develop the architecture they build the hotels the buildings the yachts so there are a lot of uh, things to do for rich people and its population only 10 millions uh, half of them are in uh, Baku in the capital uh, consumption is one liter but it's uh, it's not so it's it's not like that it's higher but they don't have any proper statistics because they are also kind of Turkish oriented Muslim dominated so they don't want to speak about that that they drinking but they drink I I bet they drink and uh, their palate is very good for uh, southern Italy so they sell a lot of uh, Sicily Sicily goes very well there Red or white? Uh, both red and white. They, okay. they don't care. They, they have their own production and it's pretty good. And uh, for those of you who are interested, uh, interested they have uh, one of their main doctors, who, which is very famous. He make a, he's a surgeon. He makes very expensive operations. So he became the winemaker and he produced the wine from Sangiovese, uh, close to Baku, from Pugnetello. Uh, from Alianico and uh, he is very big you know promoter of Italian wines and Italian grapes what's Even, his name uh, give us the name <laughs> Farhat so you can find an Instagram he will be very happy to speak with all of you uh, I believe that he will also can think about importing Italian wines because he is Italian wine ambassador uh, making uh, uh, Azerbaijan wine an, with an Italian unofficial grapes. one or, or he's no, unofficial. no, no, unofficial, unofficial. But he is very good because he he uh, he has a friends in with the, in the government everywhere. So Italy is a very big trend in Azerbaijan, and Azerbaijan is growing in terms of drinking ex, uh, uh, Italian wines. The, the main point is Italian wines. The second or the first is also Georgia because it's on the border because it's close. The problem there is that uh, Turkish orientation is not very good because uh, you know t- Turkey is not supporting the wine and. Azerbaijan, in my opinion, like competing between to become European or to become more Turkey. Now it's 50-50. So Mongolia, it's absolutely fantastic country. Nobody knows about it. Uh, the capital is Ulaanbaatar, and Ulaanbaatar is one of the most polluted cities in the world. So it's uh, very cold. Now it's like min- at night, it's minus 25 
Now it will be minus 50 in one month. It's polluted. It's uh, nothing to do, I would like to say. So they, uh, they want to work to earn money and then spend on uh, consumption. Uh, 12 liters per capita. So in terms of Central uh, Asia, they are second market. Uh, they are small, only 3 million people, but with this consumption level, Mongolia is very interesting. But uh, in Mongolia, Italy is not performing also very well. In Mongolia, France and Germany is number one. So international varieties with Riesling, uh, they works very well. They have very nice people. It's the only one country in Central Asia which speaks Russian bad, so they don't uh, communicate in Russian, they communicate in English. Maybe due to that reason, they are also like developed in terms of fine culture. But they are far away from everywhere. I always say that Kazakhstan is the middle of nowhere, but Mongolia definitely can compete. So Mongolia is a nightmare in terms of flights or anything. Uh, and, uh, horses, basically, only by horses. Only horses. Basically, <laughs> it's uh, only one city, Ulaanbaatar, it's the main. And due to that reason, they developed uh, e-commerce, they developed online sales, and online sales is uh, like half of all the sales of uh, all beverages, not only about alcohol. Half it's it's a lot. It, it's 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 a lot because in Kazakhstan we don't have, uh, I think even twelve percent, maybe ten percent of uh, internet sales. But in Mongolia it's very strong. Ulaanbaatar looks good. I I choose the best photo in the internet. <laughs> But, but the people are very nice. You know, the, the um, hard times uh, create good men and hard places also create good men. Okay, and uh, Kyrgyzstan, it's very small in terms of territory. Its uh, population is also like six millions in the country. Also mainly one, only one uh, city. The capital is Bishkek. Bishkek is one of the worst airports in terms of uh, uh, how it looks like. That but, doesn't look like an uh, invitation yeah. to, to collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, wait. <laughs> but it's uh, the, the main hub. So if you want to go cheap to South Africa or to London or to anywhere, Bishkek is, uh, is, the, um, is the correct place. And Bishkek is by car only three hours from Almaty. So you have Almaty from Kazakhstan, you have Bishkek from Kyrgyzstan, you have Tashkent from Uzbekistan, and this triangle is what I see as a wine capital, as a wine heart of Central Asia. So this is what I'm... Italian uh, wine triangle. Yeah, Italian wine Asia. triangle. Yeah, and if you, if you go to Almaty, you can visit three countries and three main markets. Only Mongolia and Azerbaijan is very far away. These are very nice and very, very uh, close to. In Kyrgyzstan, uh, Uzbekistan wine is the main. Then goes Spain, Georgia, and uh, Italy and France. So Uzbekistan is also not developed in terms of Italian wines. So a lot of uh, things to do. And they also trying to develop e-commerce. And for you to know, Antinori 10 years or 20 years ago started in Kyrgyzstan project and they have a vineyard in Kyrgyzstan, in Isikul Lake. You can Google this information. I don't, uh, know, I don't know any good development, but they have the vineyard in Kyrgyzstan because they wanted to check the Central Asia 20 years ago, not in terms of consumption, but in terms of production. But I believe that they, they found a lot of corruption and not consumption or production. So maybe that's, uh, uh, that's why it's they... something new. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the view of uh, Bishkek and Tiansai Mountains uh, on the background. So uh, that's it, more or less. It's a kind of um, highlighting a 
WOT analysis. Uh, I think you understand it. Uh, the situation is not stable in Central Asia like everywhere in the world now. So this could be uh, the problem. But uh, we really at the start of the journey, we only developed everything. So to if we will grow, we will grow strongly. For those who want to have new market, it's real opportunity for me. My idea when I started in Almaty to, to build a sommelier school to teach people, uh, professionals and normal consumers to enjoy wine. And I feel that uh, we do, we did very successful. So we start from very simple one day courses and seminars uh, where people drink in the whole glass and uh, was completely drunk after 30 minutes. And now we have a kind of uh, this uh, beautiful room in Almaty more or less in the premium uh, quarter of Almaty, uh, very good, connected, very well to, to drink, to you, taste the wine, the, to the study. Sticker, it's Austrian wine. Uh. <laughs> yeah, not Italian wine. It's uh, to, to tease you. Lana, uh, Lana kind is, of, uh, is, is doing her, her yeah. great job. Uh, Austrians are very quick. So, but uh, I quickly believe that uh, in terms of offline you only have people from Almaty and if we gave them wine for them it could be very expensive this kind of courses so we try to do online we also go online and we create Central Asian Wine University and we make online courses to teach people outside of Almaty so now I really believe that we are on the way to realize our dream to make Central Asian Wine Community and to promote our ideas our products so so if you are interested in entering market, we also do consulting for the producers. You can send the wine, we can gather all the participants from other countries also, or we can resend the wine to other countries. So you can find the people. To, to make the contracts, it's up to you. But to meet with people, it's uh, to like to, to us, because uh, we have about 5,000 people uh, list. Uh, in Central Asian Wine University. This is uh, who work with the wine, who drink the wine. I believe that for you it could be uh, interesting. So we are free to speak, to discuss. We are very young, but my idea is to do also kind of WCT, but in Central Asia, not WCT, because I'm, I'm also WCT, but we want to develop something on Russian. Uh, for those who have no money but want to drink wine and want to know, know about the wine. Thank you very much. I think it was a very interesting session. Um, let's give applause to Artem. Yeah, it was a great pleasure for me again. Thank you for being here. And if you have any more questions... Listen I, I to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever anything. you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin.